This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show as we explore some of the timeliest technologies, trends, methodologies, and strategies for success in the larger energy industry. As we explore today's topic and get into the nitty gritty of one particular software and its useful tools for the industry, I wanna make sure to point you in the right direction for previous Opportune content. So make sure that you're heading to our website, opportune.com. Again, that's opportune.com. For more information on our solutions and services and for uh, other pieces of Opportune content, including episodes of the show, uh, but also videos, articles, blogs, and more. You can also subscribe to E2B on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations plus notifications when we drop new episodes. So on today's episode of E2B, we're talking all things Salesforce in the energy industry. So like just about any industry, oil and gas professionals are challenged with uh, several touch points that they're looking to improve. They're challenged with improving communications, across their various partners, which is a wide-reaching ecosystem of shareholders, suppliers, landowners, customers, et cetera, et cetera. They're also operating under tight margins, like many other industries, seeking ways to reduce cost and improve efficiency via specifically streamlining field operations and asset digitization. And customer loyalty is also critical in the industry today, as oil and gas companies seek strategies for customer engagement and loyalty downstream. So both upstream, midstream, and downstream operations are looking for solutions that will meet the needs of today. And for solutions, professionals are turning to a proven CRM, Salesforce. But we wanted to pose the question, is the industry putting Salesforce to work in the most extensive way possible? Is its functionality being maximized? And if so, what impact is a standard CRM having on growth for the whole industry? So for insights, we're going to be sitting down with two guests to break this intersection of energy and Salesforce down. First up, I want to introduce Ross Benton. He's director at Opportune. Ross, great to have you on. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I appreciate you joining us. And then joining us from Ensign Natural Resources is production manager Chris Baker. Chris, great to have you on as well. How are you? Very well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for your time. So before we get any deeper here, I want to let both of y'all give uh, our audience the quick elevator pitch. What's your background? Describe your role at your respective company and connect the dots with how you know, your career trajectory up until now kind of informs your perspective today, right? What touch points have you had with Salesforce? I'll go first. I'm the production manager here at Enzyme Natural Resources. We have an asset in the Eagleford in South Texas. It's about uh, 160,000 net acres. and. Uh, 775 wells. Prior to Ensign, I was at uh, Murphy Oil Corp in the Eagleford as well. I worked there in various field capacities, and then I made the move to Houston, and I helped build a uh, an operational control room there. 
and then left uh, Murphy in, in 2019 and, and come to start uh, Ensign Natural Resources with some others. So, but full disclosure, I'm totally not the IT guy. I'm an ops guy. I'm, I'm looking for value in the digitization of the oil field, but I'm not the, I don't know all of the I's and the O's, as I always tell Ross. The ones and the zeros. That's right. I gotcha. Well, I appreciate you bringing your expertise to the podcast today. I know that ops perspective is going to be really useful for grounding some of these higher level strategies into actual workflows that work for the industry. So looking forward to picking your brain on that. Ross, we'll jump over to you now. Uh, give us the same answer here, right? What is your uh, role? How does it cover you know, certain touch points with Salesforce that opportune? And how does your experience in the industry inform your perspective today? So I'm a director in Opportune's process and technology practice um, based out of Houston. Um, I've got about 15 years of experience in um, process consulting, technology and software implementation, sales, project management, et cetera. Um, about 12 of those years were spent um, in the Salesforce ecosystem and continue to, to be so. Um, working for Salesforce customers um, in various roles, development partners, so actually building out applications on top of the platform that we um, take to market. Um, and also system integrators like Opportune um, Consulting and working with clients like Insight. Here at Opportune, I'm the lead for our Digital Innovation and Industry Solutions Services Group, um, as well as our service, um, Salesforce practice lead. Prior to Opportune, I spent a lot of time, like I said, um, working for different development partners on the Salesforce ecosystem. So I've seen a lot of different ways to approach the platform um, across multiple industries, whether um, it be commercial real estate, energy, the hospitality space, a little bit of healthcare as well. Perfect. All right, Ross, Chris, let's go ahead and jump in to the core conversation today. Again, we're chatting Salesforce and we're chatting how it's being put to work for the energy industry at large, and then hopefully putting together some actionable strategies for folks to make the most out of their Salesforce integrations. We'll start high level. Can you relay based on um, you know, the work that you're doing with your customers and what you're seeing uh, from industry professionals today? How is the energy industry at large putting Salesforce to work, right? What are some of the standard implementations and use cases today that you see working for folks? Yeah, sure. I kind of group it in two different ways. One is surrounding Salesforce, the kind of core products. So they've got, like I mentioned before, you know, they have a CRM tool, um, but they've got much more um, that they've developed over the years. So they've got their sales cloud, which is the CRM piece. Think of that as the customer relationship management piece um, focused on uh, managing your customer data, sales pipeline and processes, et cetera. And they've also got you know a service cloud, a Salesforce field service cl- um, cloud, um, experience cloud, um, a lot of different clouds and products out there that they they leverage that have a kind of a preset functionality that the customers u- utilize. So in a lot of projects, we'll take that preset functionality or that, that out-of-the-box functionality and customize or configure it specific for the industry um, or specific to that company. That allows us to deliver value very quickly because we're leveraging some of that pre-built capability. So Insign a perfect example of this, where we leverage that Salesforce field service um, to be able to kind of get that up and running very quickly at, at a low cost basis for them. The, the other side of it is Salesforce as a platform. And so it, it's a very powerful, low code, no code platform, um, allows you to build things with configuration and with very little code. Um, we see this in a lot of different places, not only to extend the clouds I mentioned before, but also to build out industry specific solutions for customers. So um, replacing legacy custom developed solutions, Excel spreadsheets, manual processes. A lot of times we'll go into customers and um, and see a lot of multiple kind of disconnected 
um, difficult to support legacy systems, um, we could rebuild those all on a single platform, um, such as Salesforce, um, which cuts down on their licensing costs, their support costs, their maintenance costs going forward. Um, that's really the, the two kind of big chunks of, of functionality we see in the industry. On the flip side of that, where do you think the industry could be applying Salesforce's various tools more effectively? Or where is it not even applying Salesforce at all that you see some opportunity for integration and why? Yeah, the, I think the, the biggest challenge is around the perception of Salesforce as simply a CRM. So I think the industry, and not only just energy, but other industries as well, can be missing the mark as far as the capabilities that are available to them with that platform. Being that low-code, no-code platform, there's um, so much you can do with it that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of because they're limited in their, their scope around CRM. So a lot of what we do in talking with clients and, and prospective clients is educating them on the capabilities and, and what the platform can actually do. And so when we see customers like, like InSign and like others we worked with in the past that really embrace the product as a platform, in addition to the, the, the cloud functionality that they've they purchased, they, they can really maximize the, the value that they're getting out of it. So now I want to ask each of you uh, how you're using Salesforce more uh, concretely. So Ross, we'll stick with you. And then Chris, I promise I'll let you speak here in a sec. We'll jump over to you after. But Ross, give us a brief, uh, excuse me, a brief overview first of how Salesforce and uh, Opportune cross paths, right? Where does Opportune leverage for Salesforce capabilities uh, and to what effect, right? What are those core metrics you're hoping to hit by putting Salesforce to work? Yeah, so, so Opportune strictly uses it as a CRM tool as well as, well as a, I'd say an employee work management platform. So we use the, the typical tracking our customer information and, and prospective customer information, um, contacts, um, tracking activity as we, we work with our um, customers and prospects. Um, but then we also have a, a suite of solutions that we built out on top of the platform um, to manage things like our employee development plans, our performance evaluations, um, the way we orchestrate our internal processes around pro uh, project execution and, and authorization, um, the way that we set up new projects and new clients. Um, we, we've got a lot of this digitized within the platform that have, have really helped from a process improvement and efficiency perspective um, versus a paper-based system that we came from. Now, Chris, similar question. Uh, I know that Ensign incorporated Salesforce's digital solutions starting around 2019 with a key acquisition. So if you don't mind kind of laying the groundwork there on what motivated Ensign to incorporate Salesforce into their workflows and what has the net impact been? Yeah, absolutely. I guess maybe some, uh, some context for my predicament in late 2019. So Ensign, we're a uh, Warburg Pincus, uh, Ken Anderson, private equity backed operator. We bought an asset from uh, Pioneer Natural Resources down in South Texas. And so we had a short window uh, from signing the PSA to taking over operations and standing up the company. And so we were building business processes. We we're looking which software to, to, to use and Primarily, we're looking for an asset management or a, a maintenance management software. But we wanted something that could also coordinate like all of the, uh, the field efforts, collect data, uh, something that we could translate operational priorities, uh, something that we could use to integrate uh, easily with other applications like we have SCADA that we want to integrate with, some other things, production accounting. I should also note that uh, I had some historical historically negative experience with, with other enterprise software. 
So I was looking for a little bit more intuitive solution. So in a previous life, we spent lots of time, lots of money in on like an ultra customized application. It took like an army of people to uh, to keep up with. And and it was just it wasn't it wasn't fit for purpose for, for us at Ensign. We're, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of time. And so that hard time constraint associated with the selection and the implementation of the solution was was a big deal. And also, there wasn't a budget for an army of technicians to serve the software. Maybe just like a, a consultant uh, here or there, like Ross, right? But then we needed it to be economical, not just for implementation, but like going forward. And so we had a different operating model than uh, than what Pioneer was was currently utilizing. So we needed some software to enable all of that and a good mobile app, collect a bunch of data. And so we were looking for that. It can be frustrating at times when uh, when big companies become like entrenched in big enterprises software, feels like 1989, and spend a fortune trying to uh, to keep it up, and and a lot of money trying to keep the staff on it just so you can work an application. So Ensign, we just wanted to apply an effective technology, focus on a continuing improvement, something we can add on to or build, and um, and Salesforce was. Uh, it felt unconventional at the time, but we found that it was a pretty good fit. As a follow-up there, when did it stop feeling unconventional? Was it pretty immediately apparent that it was going to serve as more than just a CRM tool for your needs? Or did it take a bit of a learning curve to settle in and uh, turn into some measurable results? So for us, uh, once we got past the, the initial, this is what we're going to use, it's fit for purpose. And then we realized that it had a bunch of untapped potential. Whenever I had like an idea, hey, I need a solution to work this, it was really easy to, to go to Ross or our own in-house guy and say, hey, this is what I need. Can you hook me up? And then it was really quick and it wasn't expensive. And that was the other huge piece for us. You know, in, in other industry, you have like an that army of people who speak some random enterprise language and it's not uh it's just hard to to get through we we had a guy he wasn't a programmer he was uh you know he was he was tech savvy early on he he saw salesforce as an opportunity he said hey this is cool he drank the Kool-Aid he did all the uh the trailhead stuff he watched some youtube he worked with uh, some some people there at Opportune, and now he's our Salesforce admin. He was like a year in, and uh, and so that kind of uh, getting people up to speed that doesn't happen with uh, other enterprise software from 1989, right? It's uh, that that low code, no code is a huge deal for us. And then Ross, to toss it back to you before I uh, kind of move on here. It sounds like for Chris and his team, having a resource that is well-educated on all of the various touch points that Salesforce can create out of sort of the, or beyond sort of just the conventional CRM tools that it's known for. Um, so I'm curious how you and your team have developed that pool of knowledge, right? How have you approached educating yourselves and also your clients on all of the possibilities Salesforce has to offer in this industry beyond just its CRM components. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that comes with with experience. So, 
um, for myself, having come from a background where I've seen Salesforce leverage in a lot of different ways, um, it, it, it makes that knowledge very helpful when you know Chris or some other client comes to us with a problem. I, I can look at three or four different ways that I've kind of seen that problem mitigated in the past and, and leverage that experience to, to, to help direct um, uh, where we should go. Um, but I mean, we, we had opportunity to have a really robust training program for all of our consultants on the Salesforce side of things. Salesforce itself has an incredible training library called Trailhead that they've published out there for free for people to, to leverage. Um, I know, you know, in talking with uh, kids that were hiring out of college, um, I point them to that often just to, as a way to, to skill up before they graduate. It's been very beneficial for not only our customers to ramp up as well as, you know, us internally. And, and to, to add on to, to Chris's story there, around his system administrator. I mean, we see that at a lot of places where we'll come in and do an initial implementation. And then it's it's very easy um, for us to kind of hand that off to internal resources, which I think makes Salesforce very valuable um, for companies to implement because they're not always re- reliant on a, a consulting partner long-term. They can uh, you know take on a lot of that, that capability internally and then leverage us for more complex things. All right, next question for the two of y'all is going to try to pull from more of what you're hearing in the industry, uh, less of your specific experiences or, you know, based on uh, how open you've been to taking on Salesforce. But would you say that energy companies at large are generally receptive to the idea of integrating Salesforce or really any kind of digital technology like this that has multiple layers and multiple uh, solutions and use cases? What are you hearing from the industry and how is that sentiment actually reflecting in integrations? From my point of view, I think that most anyone can can make money at ninety dollar barrel oil, right? Um, but if the the last five seven years of of the oil price have have taught us anything, it's in order to stay competitive in this business, you got to be efficient. And really, the only way to do that is leveraging di- like digital solutions in order to to make your processes more efficient. And so. Whether it's Salesforce or some other digital solutions, it's it's the way you do more with less. As far as uh, as far as Salesforce is concerned, I've seen service companies and sales staff absolutely. Uh, I've seen a lot of lot of use for there. I haven't personally seen very many operators use field service as uh, as, as how how we're using it. I think probably EQT has uh, is probably one of the front runners. Uh, they've absolutely embraced it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty admirable how they how they've worked that. But I mean, it, part of it is is just. I remember when the Salesforce sales guy would call me. It took me a minute to to understand what what he wanted to talk to me for. I mean, I'm not associated with sales. I'm not a salesman. I don't need a CRM. And so it took uh, it took me a minute to correlate that. The first time we bring up Salesforce, the response is, "Well, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I don't have a sales team. Maybe I don't have." You know, uh, you know, in customers from a B two C perspective, you know, I'm, I'm working in the B two B space, or I'm working, you know, in the oil field. It's different, and so, so that's that's where that that education really comes into play. I, I think digitization in general is, you know, especially over the last few years with moving to a remote workforce. I think a lot of companies have had to transition that were more hesitant to do so ahead of time and to, to embracing some more digital digital transformation. But the you know Salesforce in general, I think, we're, is getting broader adoption outside of the, the typical CRM space and has in the past, um, just with a lot of the, the platform capabilities that are getting more broadly evangelized out there. I know we spend a lot of time you know, building out proof of concept solutions that are industry specific and taking those to the market to try to help 
um, continue that, that evangelization. I personally think that the advertising really works. I mean, the teddy bears, that really attracts <laughs> that oil and gas crowd. Yep, the, the heart in the, the field service app. It's great. They are cute. I can't lie. They are cute. Cute doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew cute teddy bears help with enterprise software solution? All right. So uh, to get a little more specific, Chris, I want to pull from your uh, insights at Ensign. Could you maybe highlight your top two or top three uh, Salesforce platforms that Ensign is leveraging the best today, in, in your opinion? And how are these tools helping Ensign optimize uh, land efficiency, production staff efficiency, et cetera? So we are leveraging Field Service Lightning. We use the application to enable our operating model, dynamic routing. So to explain that a little bit, just instead of visiting every well every day, we prioritize all of our wells by revenue, and then we focus our efforts on the wells that make the most money first, right? So Salesforce increases the effectiveness of every single field guy or every one of our field staff in three big ways. So number one, priority. So the control room uh, sits, you know, and it's got a different view of the, the field and of all of the competing priorities, but not just like at the beginning of a workday, but in real time. So the field staff go about their, their scheduled day and uh, until something else comes along that can make more money. And then the control room breaks into the field tech schedule with higher priority or more revenue increasing work based on their current geolocation. But it's only because that we have Salesforce that enables that, that can translate those business priorities to actual more revenue in real time. Scheduling is another piece. Uh, in our operating model, the, the field technicians, they, they plan their own day, right? That doesn't always translate to our business priorities. So if I could plan my own day, heck yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by a barbecue restaurant that I that I like and whatever route that takes me that gets me home earlier, hey, that's gonna happen. Uh, but with, with with field service and with the route optimizer, um, it, it gives a sequence to all of the well stops, all of it's optimized, so there's less less driving back and forth. They're they're scheduled in like a deliberate sequence which can be a daunting task if you have 40 stops to make and you've got an entire field staff to, to plan for. And so we don't want the, the schedulers taking vast amounts of time. It's just a click of a button. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. But even then, it, it's very, very hard to evaluate priorities at the same time unless we were leveraging that, that powerful solution. And then obviously the, the other piece is we, uh, we gather data. So because the control room is directing the efforts of the field staff, we gather all of that data. So how many of each task they're completing, at which time of the year, how long that task typically takes, um, if a certain component is having a reoccurring issue, all of that, we're gathering all of that data. And, and then we refine our process and, and then we get better. But the, I mean, those, those are three big examples where field service lightning is enabling real progress. Yeah, and as an extension of the uh, you know field service lightning tool, I know that Ensign also chose to integrate the Salesforce field service app within its operations for you know on-site operations and to further integrate it into your workflows. 
I'm curious what some of the key characteristics are that you think stand out as particularly effective, especially uh, related to Ensign-specific operations, to the EF acquisition. How has the app worked for you? So, I mean, in your mind, think of a, an oil field operator, right? He's probably got a, a, a big mustache, maybe kind of gr- grimy hands, big hard hat. So those are the guys that we're trying to convince to use that. And uh, that's not always an easy task. So if the app isn't intuitive, uh, user adoption is going to be a huge problem for us because we need them to use the app and to enter information into it. And that's, that's a big deal. So having an app that's easy provides value that they can see value in that works. It's, it's a make or break scenario. So that played a huge role in our decision. And just like some key characteristics of the app, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like an advertisement, but the app was a, was a big deal for us. So it's intuitive. I'm a big believer. If I need like instructions on how to use the app, I don't want to use it. And the Salesforce app is. So that, that street cred, that goes a long way. The offline data capture. So they're in the oil field. There's low conductivity areas. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities for that. You might think that it's a small thing, but there's a little button in there that says directions. And so it's, it has all the GPS uh, directions to each of the field sites for geolocation. To have uh, directions to each location without having to call someone, because sometimes oil field directions can be like, hey, hang a left at the big oak tree and take a right at the big rock. And having that that button is is big. The other thing is you have historical work orders. So uh, if you're going to a location and you want to know how to troubleshoot the issue, you can look at the past five work orders and say, hey, these are what the guys did prior to me getting there. That goes a long way for for troubleshooting. And then, I mean, real-time work order completion, and that just adds so much value for us. And then, and then the Gantt was also a game changer for us. Just the, the scheduling and the transparency for us. So I can see what my entire workforce is working on day over day. So I, I know that if it's a bad weather day, I can see if they're doing production recovery or if they're doing production increasing opportunities, how much production are they trying to leverage by doing a, a certain task? Or I can see that all in aggregate. It's pretty impressive. Now let's turn those tools and uh, via that uh, integration timeline into some tangible wins for our audience to understand. So can you provide any uh, high-level benchmarks that point to the operational efficiencies achieved by leveraging the Salesforce platform and kind of connect the dots with specific examples of here's the ROI, here's the KPI that we met, and how it connects back to Salesforce? So in oil and gas production, the goal is simple. We want to safely make more production and reduce OPEX. If you can do that long-term, focus on that, then you're going to be in a good place. I can tell you a little, there's a couple of ways how how Salesforce helped us do that. So safety, uh, you got to do it safely. So one of the the most dangerous things that uh, in operations that we do is drive. I know back in 2012, 2013, Highway 72 that runs the the stretch of the uh, the Eagleford there. That was like one of the Texas's most dangerous roads, uh, and so it's it's a big deal that uh, that we drive safely. So when we stood up Ensign in 2019, 
we implemented uh, the scheduling software, the route optimizer, and then uh, geo geotab. So we were we have geolocation of all the trucks, and then we saw a couple of things pretty pretty apparent, which was was surprising to me. We saw the number of miles driven drop ten percent, and then so that's a big deal for us because that's less mileage, that's less uh, exposure to to the the actual field staff, it's less fuel, less wear and tear on the trucks. It's a big deal, right? Uh, but the the most important was we saw reduced driving related incidents down by seventy two percent. So the op staff were were driving less, they're driving slower, um, and they were driving safer, which which was a huge win for us. And then I guess second was increased production and reduce opex, right? Uh, so again, when we acquired it in 2019, there was a lot of historic downtime. Wells that are down aren't making any production. So that's a pretty good place to start, right? So we made some changes. We reduced our field resources, our field staff by 55%. And so it's a lot less, less people out there, which equals significantly less opex. And then we implemented a control room to direct the efforts. We changed the operating model. And then we obviously we worked with field service lightning. And then we were able to reduce the downtime impact by 43%. That equals tangible, more production. That's that's uh, prioritization, looking for wells that, that can come on sooner. It's a that 43% is a big deal. Uh, the other piece is uh, our maintenance team is pretty incredible. We had, a, we, we had a strong focus on planned maintenance. All of our maintenance plans, everything's integrated into the, the field service. And with all those necessary tools and parts included, we were able to put those into the work order, made the, the work orders better, essentially. Again, prioritization and geolocation. But also, we reduced the, the maintenance staff by 54%. And so maybe you'd think, hey, they might do like the same amount of work or, or maybe even less, but, but not these guys. They actually, they increased the number of work order completion by 26%. And so overall, like the, the app and the operating model, it drove more with less. That's, that's the digital oil field enabling us to do more with less and driving efficiency. I appreciate you giving us those actionable examples. I feel like that uh, really lays the groundwork for how our audience can begin to assess what strategies are the most useful for integrating and making the most of Salesforce and how they can begin to maybe compare and contrast their own installations um, of the solution. So I want to open this back up to both of y'all now, um, but I'm looking to get more thoughts on how to maneuver all of the data that Salesforce is meant to manage and intake and analyze and make sense of. So again, we live in a uh, information age, I guess to put it lightly, where data is vast and everywhere, and there are uh, several layers of digital transformation that are impacting every industry. So how does the Salesforce platform enable companies to digest that data? and then obtain actionable insights that matter for their specific business case, right? I guess walk us through how you see Salesforce being useful in that data ingest, but then also the analysis and putting it to good use. So we track, we track travel, we track wrench time, utilization rate, task resolution data, what happened when they were there, cost per work order, operator details. 
and all that goes into into field service along with all of our asset data, right? And then we're ability to we have the ability to to pivot business priorities. So that gives us we can make data driven decisions instead of like, hey, I know my field guys are are really bowed up today. I can tell you what percentage of my workforce is busy doing what, and and what I what what I expect to be done by the end of the day and the return that I'm getting on that uh, on that opex investment, right? Um, and so we use all of the the work orders that that generates all that data, which is justification for defect elimination, and then we fix whatever that defect is, and then we reduce that task load, we optimize the process, and we just use the data. It's a, it's it's turning, but that's I mean having the the data available about your operation. Is, uh, is how you get better. It's how you know what to focus on. We've talked a lot about Salesforce as a CRM, but then also Salesforce beyond just its CRM capacity. I'm curious if there's any bleeding edge innovations happening within the Salesforce tool ecosystem uh, that maybe our audience may not be familiar with that you think uh, you know, are worth vouching for, right? Any cutting edge technologies or fresh tools worth shouting out? Salesforce is continuing to invest heavily in R&D and improve their, their platform. Um, you know, I, we've seen a number of, of key acquisitions over the years. Um, MuleSoft being a, a incredible one when we talked about integration a minute ago. Um, you know, right now, there's a lot of focus there has been in the recent past around AI and Salesforce's Einstein capabilities around, you know, um, insight into your workflows and um, predictive capabilities, smart bots, um, image recognition. Um, a lot of that stuff is is now baked into the platform across the different clouds um, or is available for, for adding on to it. Um, but in general, you know, I, I think some things that folks often overlook is that mobile capability we kind of talked about. And while there's the, the field service mobile app, there's also the, the Salesforce mobile app, um, which I always like to highlight when I talk to customers because everything that we build out on the platform, everything that gets built as a part of those clouds, um, you know, sales cloud, service cloud, et cetera, um, almost all that capability is immediately accessible within their mobile application. You don't have to to go build out a new application or go configure something in order to to make it accessible via mobile. It's it's immediately there, which is a huge value add from a, a time and um, you know cost perspective. And, and also, their their partner ecosystem is is very very broad. You know, much like you know Apple and Google have their their app stores for your phone. Salesforce has its app exchange that has thousands and thousands of apps that have been built out. Um, to deliver a certain functionality that you can plug into your Salesforce instance and, and get some immediate value out of, whether it's you know adding in some functionality or you know some quick shortcuts, or it may be a, a data integration suite that's um, built in to, to incorporate some um, new workflow with another system. I listened to Dreamforce the last uh, last year and got to watch some of it. I haven't been out to San Francisco. I, I've completely drank the Kool Aid. I want to go. Uh, but we just haven't made it out on account of the whole pandemic and all that. Um, but there, there's so much, there's so many more applications that we could, we could leverage. I feel like I'm still learning the the basics. When I watched Dreamforce, I, uh, I think I, I, I emailed Ross and peppered him with questions about all these. And my feeling is Salesforce is potentially untapped. You know, every time I dream up something, Ross says, oh, you know, that's not that bad. Uh, I can probably have that out to you in a week. It's 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 pretty incredible. I haven't tr- I haven't stumped him yet. 
And so we're uh, we're working on it though. I appreciate the challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> Prepare yourself, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking of Ross, I'll toss you this question. Um, but we spoke about the uh, field service lightning platform as well as the field service app. Can you give us just a brief rundown of some of the benefits that the Salesforce platform offers for the energy industry outside of just those field service tools and outside of just a CRM? Um, and maybe uh, specifically connect the dots with how you see Salesforce helping companies reduce the burden of some of their more tedious operations in the market today. We've seen a lot of use cases in the industry, you know, whether they're an extension of an existing kind of offering from Salesforce or there's something that that's really you know, built out on the platform. But, uh, you know, I mentioned this before, but you see a lot of companies with these disconnected apps or legacy systems that they've built over the years. And they've got support teams to manage each one and, and they may be you know, not connected or maybe have separate licensing costs for each one. And, and consolidating that on a single platform, it just um, is oftentimes a, a no brainer from a, a cost savings perspective and just, you know, the, the ease of support and development going forward. And, and so, you know, where we've seen that, you know, around health, safety and environmental tracking, deal execution, margin analysis and lease group purchasing, inventory logistics, um, kind of tracking, um, tracking your commodity movements, you know, getting kind of real-time visibility and rundown reports to your terminals, et cetera. You know, ESG, you know, Salesforce has a, a new tool around um, ESG tracking called Net Zero Capture, I believe, or something along those lines, or it used to be called Sustainability Cloud. So that gives you kind of a starter kick into that direction to be able to aggregate your data. And then also just general, you know, kind of along the same lines, you know, managing that environmental, financial, social risk kind of mitigation efforts, you know, for your infrastructure development projects. Uh, let's see, contract lifecycle management. I, I mean, the, you could go on and on with the, the capabilities that are out there. And some of those are, you know, something we build on the platform, something that we tie in with an existing uh, a cloud that Salesforce has, or it might be a, a separate system that we tie in with Salesforce, um, like DocuSign or SpringCM, et cetera. All right, Chris, Ross, we're just about done with the conversation. Got a couple more questions here for you, but thanks for all your insights so far. Uh, I want to intersect ESG with our conversation today. This is something we cover all the time on energy to business. Uh, and as most energy professionals know, it's one of the guiding forces that's defining new business models, new tech investments, uh, new strategies for compliance and for um, even company culture. So I'm curious how you think Salesforce can be leveraged to boost companies' ESG initiatives. Uh, you know, what touch points can it create? What uh, accountability can it create? Connect those dots for us. So just like everyone else, you know, ESG has become a big role in our business. You know, greenhouse gas emissions, counting all of that, trying to, to track emissions. And all of that is, is pretty easy with our asset management uh, application uh, of Salesforce. So we, uh, we started tracking all the emissions components on the app. We, uh, we essentially did an inventory. Uh, we do uh, with the app. All the operators are, are gathering our data, as well as just tracking all of our Eldar inspections and getting a quick resolution to, to any of those issues. I think we've looked at the sustainability cloud or, or net zero. We haven't, uh, we haven't dove into that yet, but I know, uh, I know we're, we're still looking at it. Yeah, to add to that, it, I mean, the, the net zero cloud, is, it's, a, it's a great, I think, starter to get into the space. They've, they've got a lot of capability around 
data aggregation and workflow, you know, auditability, um, it, you know, but you can build on top of that with whatever standard you're, you have to be adopting to, whether it be SASB or um, any of the others, or maybe your own internal standard um, until things kind of get finalized from a national level, potentially. Um, but, it, you know, Salesforce itself as a, an integration kind of hub, if you will, of that data, I think really makes sense just in its ease of, of integrating. Um, you know, they've got a, a set of APIs that you can very easily connect to. Um, they've got a lot of different connection methodologies or, or tools that are available to you, um, whether it's you, you go big and get MuleSoft or there's other ones that are built in the cloud or write your own integration. You know, the ability to, to tap into Salesforce's data to both push and pull is, is really powerful with that open API. I've been on a lot of projects where you know, we've we've had delays due to waiting on a software vendor to either stand up an API or add to their API in order for us to do integration. With Salesforce, I add a custom field and it's immediately available within the UI, within the mobile device, within the API. Um, so you've got that capability that's, that's pretty powerful for integrating. And my last question for the two of you, uh, you know, we'll end on uh, some insights from both Chris and Ross, but what would you say is next for both of your companies throughout the rest of the year? And what role do you see Salesforce playing in meeting those desired goals? Connect those final dots for us. So uh, as for Ensign, we've got, a, we've got another rig starting up uh, late this month, early next. We're pretty excited about that. So we're going to keep on, you know, working our business. We're hoping to, uh, as far as Salesforce is concerned, we, uh, we're hoping to make some more integrations with ProCount our production accounting software, also looking to uh, to hook up Salesforce to uh, to Canary and leverage some of our, our process data. Uh, so we're excited about those uh, those integrations. Just keep on, uh, you know, thinking of ways to, to improve our business, working on continuous improvement, keep on leveraging the data and making uh, more oil and reduce OPEX safely. Yeah, for, for opportune, um, just... Continue to grow our Salesforce practice. Um, you know, it's 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 real exciting seeing how the industry is adopting it. Seeing seeing folks like Insign and Chris um, in the way that they're leveraging it and getting value out of it. I, I've really enjoyed working on the platform in this space, especially in the last few years, and, and seeing those innovations. But uh, really, for this year, just continuing to you know evangelize the platform and seeing what what capabilities we haven't um, brushed up against yet that we can take on for challenges. And go to Dreamforce. Yes, let's do it together. <laughs> I think on that note, we'll wrap it. Chris, Ross, thank you to the two of you for your time today and really helping our audience understand how Salesforce is being put to work in the industry, how both of y'all see uh, Salesforce's various tools being most useful for energy companies and oil and gas companies today, and then some strategies for making the most of those integrations and improving some of the uh, hiccups that the industry is going through right now. So again, we've been chatting today with Ross Benton, Director at Opportune, and Chris Baker, Production Manager at Ensign Natural Resources. Uh, Ross, if folks want to get in touch, maybe ask you some more questions and source your perspective, how can they learn more and how can they get in touch? You can learn more by checking out our website at opportune.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn if you have any questions or want to continue the conversation. And then, Chris, same question to you. How can folks get in touch with you if they want to learn a little bit more about Ensign or how can they learn more about the company itself? Yeah, absolutely. We have a website, EnsignNR.com. And, um, and then I'm on LinkedIn, Christopher Baker. Ross, Chris, thanks again to the two of you. I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. Good luck with the rest of your year. 
And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll also get pinged when we drop new recordings. And you can find more episodes of the show and other resources on our website, opportune.com. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of E2B. E2B.